Welcome to the Friday the 13th <laughs> edition of... You guys You guys just didn't do any sound effects We're desensitized all. now. Because yeah. a lot of times you'll say, like, Friday the 9th. Whoa! <laughs> it's like the bro- boy who cried wolf. Mm-hmm. Now the wolf is here. Yeah. And, and the town's... Alive and, because it's Friday the 13th. And the townspeople... Mm-hmm. It's a just, werewolf. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're always werewolves. Yeah. But, yeah, the, the townspeople pay you no heed because you kept... You kept crying 13th. All right, so it's the Friday the 13th, with this, which is just another day edition of The Relevant Podcast, the audio companion to Relevant Magazine and RelevantMagazine.com. I'm Cameron Strang, and here with me is part of the editorial crew. Kara Davis is on sabbatical, otherwise known as maternity leave. No news yet to report. Um, her due date is technically on Saturday, and no news to report as of the recording of this podcast. So... Uh, we'll keep you guys updated on her birthing status. <laughs> Probably. We'll keep you updated to a level that makes you uncomfortable. <laughs> but here with me is, filling in the gaps and, and stepping up their games, is managing editor Adam Smith. Hi, everybody. And web content producer Jesse Carey. Hello there, friends. If we sound a little defeated, a little sad, a little tired, it's because we... We're on a road trip together, and we don't like each other anymore. <laughs> all that, that yeah, all that could have been said was said. Yeah. You know what I mean? There was a, there was a, a long part of the trip where, after all the fighting stopped, <laughs> we just drove in awkward, defeated silence. For each of us silently stewing, some of us a few tears spilling now and then. For easily, I would say it was upwards of eight hours. I was going to say about seventeen and a half. I think. Yeah. I think and we remember- pat- I think we patched <laughs> up by Milwaukee. Yeah. But you remember that one time, Jesse, you turned, it was just dead silence and you turned on the radio and without saying a word, I just reached over and turned it off. <laughs> Today's podcast is going to be a little different because we recorded some of it, not as much as we thought we would. And I also forgot a camera. So we have no pictures or, vid- or uh, picture evidence, photographic evidence of our, of our yeah, escapades. Considering all the things that happened, that's probably for the best. And, uh, but we did bring video. So we, so we're on magazine deadline right now, so I don't know that we're going to get to it anytime soon, but we will put together some video highlights of the trip and we have some audio highlights that we will play for you today, including a special guest that should uh, we, should we reveal right now? No, they'll find out soon enough. I feel like for, you know, for people who, who weren't there since we didn't get a lot of audio, we should probably go over some of the highlights of the trip. Yeah. Well, the itinerary was this. We left on Friday and drove up to Nashville, Tennessee. And on Saturday, attended The Call, which was a 60,000-person event. The stadium seated 68, and which is about 75% full at, at its peak. And mm-hmm. then the field was completely field was full. full. So a legitimate 60,000 people were there at one point. I, I saw a headline today. Now, it could have been grossly embellished, but it said 100,000. And they could have been. Uh, pe- I think yeah. that's evangelistic numbers, truthfully. Yeah. yeah, I have a hard time believing a hundred thousand, but I would say sixty thousand easily. But, yeah, in either but, way, it was a lot of people there for an event that was a twelve-hour event of fasting, prayer, and worship. A few speakers spoke, but they were not announced. There was no names. There was no marketing hype, and it was just a day um, to encounter God. And sixty thousand people showed up. Surprised me that the majority were our age. The majority mm-hmm. were college and in their twenties. Yeah, yeah. I think we really thought there would be a lot of like youth groups there. Yeah, and whatnot. Not really, not yeah. by my eyes. Not really. To me, the best thing we can do for for the podcast here is actually end with the call and end with kind of our experiences there. We that's where we actually did grab some audio. We have a clip of one of the prayer times. Um, the day was broken into periods of 
repentance, reconciliation, and then revival. And during the repentance period, you're going to hear Lou Engel, uh, who's kind of the head of the call, who's a very intense speaker. You're going to hear him kind of leading the time. It's about five minutes long. We also have a clip of one of the worship times where it was a very, very spiritual moment, and we were able to uh, capture some of that audio. So you'll, you'll hear that as well. And then actually we're going to end probably the podcast or the last thing you'll hear from the call is, is a segment of when we were driving around afterwards stuck in traffic and in the car was me and Jesse and also my brother Chandler, who's 20 years old and my dad, uh, Chandler and my dad were at, at the call. Uh, my dad's name is Steve Strang and they were there separate and we ran into them. And so we were driving them over to the hotel after the event. And, uh, that conversation was, was entertaining. We were kind of lost in the bad part of Nashville. So it's a combination of talking about the call and what we just experienced and also trying to get out of the ghetto. So, um, and find their hotel. <laughs> so uh, that's coming up later in the podcast as well. So the call will come up later. So let's continue. Um, after we left Nashville, we went up to Owensboro, Kentucky the next day. Yeah, it. I think you guys could attest it was everything I said it was and more. I guess we should say that the majority of our time there was spent in Adam's backyard uh, shooting off fireworks and blowing up vegetables. Yeah, yeah. at the uh, behest of my my father. You know, like he was kind of he was kind of egging us on the whole time. And yet he'd stand back with his arms folded. Like he wouldn't light the firecrackers himself, but he'd be like, why don't you blow that up? Yeah. yeah. You know, he, he, and then I pointed this out to him that he was completely instigating it, but yet technically had absolutely no responsibility if something went horribly wrong. Yeah. And he said, I was in management for 30 years. Yeah. Like he knows what he's doing. <laughs> yep. He knows how it, to it prod a, the cattle. Yeah. It was a well orchestrated display. Um, and we have quite a bit of that. Actually, the majority of our footage, our video footage, is of blowing up peppers. Yeah, and and, and a tomato. And well, that the, was the highlight. That yeah, was the climax. Well, we got defeated, though, by a massive zucchini. Yeah, they grow them big in Kentucky. It's about the size of your leg. Yeah. And it would not be blown up. We tried to get it lifted off the ground with a series of bottle rockets, but that, <laughs> sa- that it, it sounds easier, way, way easier than it actually is. I think we were five or six bow rockets from success. Yeah. We we pretty much destroyed my mother's garden. That is I true. Picked it picked it clean <laughs> and blew up every bit of produce that she had worked so hard, labored over to to bring forth from the ground. She said that so we could success. blow the peppers though. And yeah, she gave she us she handed us a zucchini. Yeah. Uh, she said don't touch my tomatoes. But we found yeah. such success with the peppers that ultimately your dad said Listen, just don't tell her. Let's do a tomato. Yeah, yeah. and it was I'd pretty never sweet. Prouder. Yeah, it was awesome. He even found the highest fence post possible to blow it in up the on. county. Yeah, the, 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 the best vantage point from which to watch it explode. And yeah. I, I don't know about you guys. I was standing probably ten, fifteen feet away. I got showered with a tomato. Did you? No, I, I was probably thirty, forty feet. Okay. Yeah, I, was I got hit far. by to- by tomato bits of tomato. <laughs> it was pretty sweet. It was delicious. None of it got in my mouth, oh. so I can't say. But I, I did tell you guys about a similar incident where I was able to taste the produce. My dad and I were making potato bombs one time when I was probably 14 years old, sticking firecrackers down potatoes, and you light them, you throw them, and they explode like a grenade. And uh, my dad held one back. Uh, he was staying in front of me. He held one back to my face. He said, okay, light it. And the the point was I was going to light it, and he would lob it overhand, and we'd watch it explode in midair. But somehow I got, like, the fastest fuse in the world, and the moment I lit it, the firecracker went off and just showered my face with potatoes. Were, were his fingers okay? Yeah, he was fine. It was, oh. it was muffled. The explosion was muffled, muffled by the potato. Yeah, yeah, he was totally fine. Fine and entertained, I would say. I remember when I was a kid... A uh, buddy of mine had found on the internet. This was back when the internet was still big. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> back in the days when the kids all loved the internet. Yeah, when they loved the Google. Yeah, um, <laughs> not like today when they've moved on. But he found instructions to make a potato gun, and I was probably like, I don't know. It was before I could drive, so it was probably like thirteen, maybe. And it basically consists of a PVC pipe with a spark plug and hairspray for the fuel. And I remember we're in his backyard, and we lived, it was, it was about a block or two away from where my house was, and the, the sound was just a loud thump, 
And then the potato vanishes from like sight. It went into orbit. Yeah, you can. I mean, who knows where those potatoes yeah. landed? Uh, hopefully, on the windshields of cars. Um, <laughs> oh, I thought the story's going to end and it hits your house. No, no, no. <laughs> but I came home and my dad is there, and he's like, "Were you guys shooting a potato gun?" He knew just from the sound. He knew the sound. Yeah, and well, we that's were really impressive. we were really trying to keep it on the DL. But uh, after you after you told him, was he impressed? Yeah, he like, I, all right. I could tell yeah. he was impressed, but like I said, my and my brother was two years younger than me, so you know he. I could tell he was impressed, but he didn't want to show it because we were playing with a potato yeah. with a with a very dangerous homemade potato gun that PVC pipe and potato and hairspray and fire can easily turn into a large pipe bomb. Yeah. If, <laughs> if it you can don't. easily turn into disaster. Yeah, exactly. Um, as you could probably see. From being around him for a while, growing up, my dad was a, the guy who instigated that stuff. Oh, sure. Yeah. I could see that. His gray hair doesn't hide that. <laughs> and then we went up uh, through the state of Kentucky and hit Cincinnati. And on Monday, we visited the Creation Museum. And uh, if you don't know, it was in the news about a month ago when it opened, and we talked about it, and we thought, hey, we got to see this for ourselves. Because... We'd heard that a ride designer from Universal Studios designed a lot of the animatronics and that it cost like $30 million and it was first first rate. And and so we're like, okay, either this is going to be so bad that it's going to be hilarious and we got to go and just laugh and laugh and laugh. Or we got to go and actually say like, hey, look at this. This is well done. This is well done. Yeah. I think I can summarize our experience with two basic thoughts. One was the des- it was well designed. Beautifully designed. Well designed. Not cheesy. No. Design. It, it was well designed. From a visual aspect, it first was class. incredibly well yeah, done. First rate. Very, and very e- well even, done. Even not just the actual exhibits, but the building itself. Yeah. yeah um, the facilities the layout. are great. The, the animatronics were spectacular. Sure. And that planetarium exhibit was mind-boggling. Yeah, it really was. Yeah. And then, But then its purpose was not to be a museum or in any way something scientific. Right. It was meant to evangelize. Yeah. And, and and really the whole thing was to bring you to the climax, which was the salvation message, and to try and get you saved. Yeah. And, and that's not what we were expecting. Right. My one problem is the fact that it bills itself as a museum. If it because was called like the, 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 the Genesis, Genesis experience, experience yeah, it, it, it no would problem. absolutely be a, a fantastic display. You know sure. I mean? Like it, it really is top-notch, the way it's put together. But it, it doesn't deliver what... It seems to promise, museum, which yeah. is uh, sci- scientific evidence and a, a lot of scientific data pointing to a literal 6,000-year-old Earth. And it, it really didn't do a good job debunking other theories. It right. didn't even go into it. It yeah. just kind of was like... And when it did, it skimmed the surface yeah. to the point that it was almost a little condescending, yeah. you know, to where it was like, you're too stupid to understand this. Just trust us. And then, yeah. and then, you know, Jesus came to die for you. And yeah. I do completely understand, like, the, obviously, the, the motives behind, and, you know, an overtly evangelical message. I just felt like it wasn't exactly what they, we were expecting yeah, from... Yeah, it's a bit of a bait and switch. Yeah. Which, which truth be told, um, the Holy Land experience here in Orlando does a little of the same, where it's billed as an authentic Jerusalem experience. It takes you back into Bible time, shows you what life is like. That's why you would attend. And really doesn't do any of that. Really, the whole thing is just a Bible-themed salvation message. Yeah, I, w- I will say this, though, that the staff, I, I was really impressed. They were all really... Very nice, very knowledgeable. Yeah, and very um, accommodating. Um, and you, I, I didn't feel like I, I didn't ever at any point feel any weird pressure or yeah. like any assumptions about you know I didn't feel like an outsider or anything like that. Like I feel like everyone had really good intentions. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't exactly what I think people are expecting. Well, yeah. I, I kind of thought that they they could have done that stuff that we were wanting to see. Mm-hmm. I think they could have done it, and just by stopping a little short, really was unsatisfying intellectually. And two, if you're already a Christian, you know, the last third of the experience is really essentially not for you. Yeah. You know? yeah. It's not the fact that it didn't, it, that wasn't intellectually satisfying was so disappointing because you know that the people behind it 
have the intellectual firepower to provide that kind of satisfaction. There's a massive bookstore there, and I almost felt like to get in-depth with any of this stuff, you would have had to go and buy books. Yeah, honestly. And it's like, well, if you're paying $20 to go to a creation museum, it should satisfy the intellectual curiosity. You shouldn't have to buy books. Yeah, yeah that's a, and I feel like as the museum, no pun intended, evolves a little you know, because still, obviously, it's still right. with, it may it's, get there. It's only been around for months, and I'm sure exhibits and there, change. And there were aspects that were still under construction. Yeah, and I feel like if they make an effort, you know, down the road to make it dig a little bit more deeper and not be as kind of uh, surfacey, um, that it'll be kind of more of a satisfying experience. But yeah, it very well may be. It it may be a little early to judge it entirely because I I mean I've been to theme parks after they just opened. And they're horrible. And then you go five years later and they're incredible. You know, like you go the first time and it's not what it built itself to be because all the rides that you're excited about haven't been built yet. Hmm. But you go a few years later, it's all there. The vision has come together and you get the full experience. We, by going so soon, we may not have actually gotten the full experience. Yeah. And I, and I want to give them the benefit of the doubt. Even, even like the last third that more focuses on the, evangelistic aspects i even felt like i even got the impression that maybe they're not complete yet yeah, um, the theater itself yeah looked yeah and even maybe maybe once they get the, that part um finished and maybe edit some parts down and sort of expand the the stuff that people are there to see that it can become kind of a you know a little bit more complete of an experience i thought the one area that scientifically was interesting and satisfying and a little like, oh, I never thought, you know, where they actually got into geology and stuff like that was having to do around the flood. The flood. Yeah. yeah and that, that room, and that exhibit was really eye-opening. Mm-hmm. And I really thought they could have actually expanded that aspect yeah. of the museum. Nope. You need to know going into it that it's not a creation museum. It's a Genesis museum. Yeah. Because it's the floods in there. Uh, Babel is in right. there. It's the an imagining of what the events of Genesis may have looked like. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly what it they is. had. Some stuff on like genealogies, which a lot of you know these Christian which was, scientists, which is fascinating. Yeah, which, which these Christian scientists, a lot of them, uh, not Christian scientists, but <laughs> scientists who are Christian. Yeah, scientists who are Christians um, point to when dating the Earth, um, mm. especially you know, the young earth theorists. But I felt like those, I honestly felt like those exhibits were a little bit buried that we, we kind of came across the yeah. genealogy one, but it wasn't as prominent as sure. some other parts. That I didn't feel uh-huh. like were significant or yeah. as interesting. The, that's the thing is that the, when they did have some, some kind of historical or scientific basis behind their, their presupposition, which I, we talked about, we don't care that they have a presupposition. Every museum does. You know, every museum has has some sort of bias toward one theory or another, so that's fine. But when they actually did present evidence to support their presupposition, it was very it was buried. It's tru- you know, it was, yeah, it was truncated. It was just a it, quick yeah. little hit and move on. Yeah. Now, I I will say probably the most enjoyable part of the whole experience for me was the planetarium. Like oh, I was yeah. just it was mind boggling. It was well done. Um, it showed you it, it the was, vastness of the universe. Yeah. There are a couple parts that were frustrating just because I was hoping for some answers I didn't get. But as purely as a display, taking any of the scientific uh, assumptions out of it, it was absolutely breathtaking. I, I almost feel like, and, I, and this isn't, just, I don't want to sound like overly critical, but I almost feel like they're selling themselves a little bit short. Sure. In that, I agree with that. that and, and this might be this part that sounds mean, but I feel like they've dumbed down some of it when they have the capacity to make a really yeah, a very compelling and yeah. interesting argument for their side of the yeah, creation versus exactly evolution thing. Saying. But I felt like instead of going digging really deep, it was the stuff that you were really the real meaty stuff was really buried. I agree with that, and they didn't acknowledge or discuss the differences in the creation theories, and that there's legitimate creation theories that talk about you know millions of years, and there's legitimate creation theories that talk about six thousand years, and it's like how did talk to us about your theory of six thousand years and how you got to it, and how you know the the scientific aspects of how you got to it, and and they didn't do that. Uh, so after that, we drove. I don't think I realized how far north Cincinnati was, and uh, we drove down to Atlanta. Stayed there. Um, I jumped into uh, C- a Christian Bookseller Association convention called ICRS, the International Christian Retail Show. Last year, we did a picture tour of it on the website. We didn't this year because I forgot my camera. And uh, 
you know, we were there for a couple of days and the guys came on back and we're back now. And we mentioned earlier, we trapped some audio when we were at the call. We, we had t- we really have two segments there there are a few things that we'll play for you we'll play for you some of the sights and sounds I guess we can't play sights but some of the sounds <laughs> that we experienced as far as like some of the worship and some of the prayer times so you can hear what we experienced and then we have um, an interview with a good friend of ours the the one the only Tyler Clark uh, who many longtime po- uh, podcast listeners will know is what we refer to as the old Adam <laughs> oh man. Or are you the the new Tyler? I don't um, know. I'd, I'd like to think neither. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Well, Tyler was managing editor with us last year and moved up with his wife to Nashville to work in the music industry. He came by and we were able to hang out with him for a while. So we, we recorded some of that stuff and put him on the spot. So that interview with Tyler, you'll hear coming up right after this break. Hey, with the girls, with the stars in their eyes, screaming, playing love, kisses, tears, Forgive the audio quality of this portion of the podcast. We are huddling in a hallway slash corner in the press room here at the call. <clears throat> While we're here, there's a lot of um, kind of low lowlifes here at the call. Uh, there's a lot of convicts, a lot of people who are trying to get their lives straight. And um, we were back behind the main stage where people were smoking and ran into none other than Tyler Clark. <laughs> I'm just trying to get right with the Lord. <laughs> just it's, it's not true. He came to visit. He came to visit us here. He lives in Nashville. He's not trying to get right with get, the Lord. That's what he's saying. Yeah, I, I, I don't really care. Get right or get left. <laughs> so, uh, for those of you who don't know, and Tyler, when when you left, the podcast had about 5,000 listeners. We now have over 30,000 listeners. I don't know Whoa. what that says. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, but um, I don't think that you were actively keeping 25,000 people from listening. <laughs> hey, I know that I did run, run into one person who said that when I left, she stopped listening. Good. So Good for her. So I, you know. Tell Madeline I said hi, by the way. <laughs> so, okay. So we're here, and um, uh, Tyler Clark was our managing editor prior to Adam Smith. We like to call Adam the new Tyler around the office. Um, yeah, so, I love hearing it too. So, so we're uh, the worlds are colliding here a little bit. So we're here with Tyler Clark, Jesse Carey, Adam Smith, and me, Cameron Strike. So it's kind of like that one Star Trek movie that had uh, uh, William Shatner yeah. and um, and Scotty. That? That's not where I was going, but there was that other dude. <laughs> yeah, Captain Picard. Yeah, yeah, him. him. Two different eras. And how I'm it's, looking... It's podcast generations yes. is what it is. Yeah. Because <laughs> directly to my right is Tyler. Directly to my left is Adam. So it really looks like the cover of Face Off. <laughs> like the DV- I'm looking at the DVD cover In of Face Off. In case it goes down, you and I have got to jump right in the middle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I am about to pounce. So, uh, like, I've, I've actually been training for several weeks prior to coming up here. In uh, ninjutsu, kempo, um, and stick fighting. Yeah. So. Well, really, I'm, I feel personally like the real awkwardness is with Jesse. Because I feel like now that I've been gone for a year, I feel like it's, I can be honest and, and say the real reason that I left was there was uh, a couple weeks before I left, there was there was some shoving, there was... Uh, uh, some some threats. Wow. Somebody drove past my house a couple times late, late at night. There was a, um, a restraining order. See, yeah. I thought that was isolated to me. So you're saying <laughs> this is a pattern of behavior. Well, it's it still followed me to Nashville, I'm going to be honest. So I don't really know that it was Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, it's really creeping me out. I'm, you're having to go in the witness protection, I understand. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so Jesse, I'm sorry for blaming you for all that. And, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, let bygones be uh, bygones, I guess. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, tell us about the new adventures of old Tyler. Uh, what, what have you been up to for the year since since you've uh, since you left us high and dry? Um, well, I've been working in Nashville with uh, Credential Recordings with uh, Edison Glass and Future of Forestry, who I know have both been on 
on the podcast and working there and and did you discover those two bands um would i look cooler if i said i did yes <laughs> yes i did sweet um, you're an a&r right uh, artist development. Artist development. Which what, is, is, what is artist development? Artist development is a fancy term for marketing. Mm. Um, See, I thought it was like mentoring. Yeah. <laughs> not musically. Not like music. an after school program. Like they have s'mores at my house. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I picture backpacking. Not trips. so much. You don't mentor them like musically, but on the rock star lifestyle. Oh like, yeah. Show them how to dress. Well, that explains why I was smoking out like, yeah, at the, the call. You know. Um, well, you were also back there with Edison Glass and Future Force. Yes. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so. And I teach them how to fray their jeans just the right way, you know, because um, skinny jeans are all the rage. I'm, I'm told. Yeah. It's old. I'll be honest. I'm wearing khaki shorts right now. I'm not very cool. You are wearing khaki shorts. Yep. You're but very they, Abercrombie. But they are frayed. Yeah. So you had that going for you. So that's what's happening in my life these days. How's your wife? She's good. She's really good. Um, it's uh, we actually live in. The, the worst part of Nashville. We're far outside of everything, which was not by choice, but by... Where are you? We're in a place called Smyrna, which... Um, wow. I, I was told that uh, Smyrna stands for Samore Young Redneck Fill-in-the-Blank. I can't... It starts with an A. Uh, uh, and I think it's... So you guys fit in great. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of been like our year in the desert, you know, Uh but I there's a desert near Nashville. I didn't know that. Yes. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. No. Um, I'm glad that we've, this global we've, warming thing is getting out of control. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that we've learned how to use metaphors in the last year. Um, <laughs> what you know, since since leaving, um, you mentioned that you know you you listened once. Were you tempted to give Adam pointers? Uh, no, I was I was tempted to push Adam off a bridge. <laughs> uh, because I, I listened to the first podcast after I left, and, and there were some derogatory statements Uh-oh. made by Adam toward me, and I figured that's it. You're all dead to me. So, <laughs> well, you must have. You, can't, you wouldn't have made that up. Wow. Um, I, oh, you know what it was? I, I it make was, derogatory statements about so many people. No, it was it all kind of runs together. It was actually really funny. It was it was about me uh, uh, having my own spinoff show. Um, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, and it was it was set up like Joey, like Joe. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. How, I, to be to be fair though, I thought Joey was going to be a big success. <laughs> so, yeah, who, yeah, who could have known at the time? <laughs> who would have known that was actually an insult? Yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was a high compliment. <laughs> yeah, I thought he's going to be like an Emmy-winning actor. See if you would have made it like Frasier, then you know, I wouldn't have been upset. <laughs> yeah. I could see your spin-off being a lot like Frasier. Yeah. yeah. That probably would have been a better analogy. With my, uh... No, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> um, I still see the magazine. Looks great. I, uh... I've told people it's kind of like seeing your ex-girlfriend. I can see it being like an ex-girlfriend. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, where it's like... You're glad that she's happy and moved on, but, you know... Yeah. There's always... Yeah. There's always I don't the like memories. her hairstyle. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yep. Yeah. You can't tell her that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You can just drive by our house. Yeah. <laughs> and Weep. And, and by the way, please stop parking outside the office. The, the local businesses are complaining. <laughs> Frankly, I don't see how it's even, like, how you, you even hold on to any kind of job or life here, driving back and forth to Orlando every day just to sit outside the office brooding. <laughs> every day. Wow. I'm going to be honest, guys. I made a... I've made a big mistake. <laughs> and if you'll have me. <laughs> this is the perfect forum. What do you, what do you say about it? What you got? I mean, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll sweep. Um, we need that. Yeah. We, actually, we actually we have some exciting we have an exciting internship. <laughs> Pain's not great, but you get good experience. Yeah. Um, um, I will say the the men's bathroom does need some work. It, uh, as of right now, it is like walking into the third world. Every time you <laughs> we, we moved, um, we moved offices mm-hmm. to uh, this old 1950s warehouse where you can park on the on the roof. And uh, some aspects of it are cool, and some aspects of it are definitely 1950s. Yeah, it's it's awesome except for the men's bathroom, <laughs> which is like no, but there's two, so you do have an altar. right. The other. There's a, a nice men's bathroom and a men's bathroom 
that like prison shower. Yeah, it's like if a truck stop bathroom really let itself go. (laughs) (laughs) But the unfortunate thing is the nice one is literally right in the room with Jesse and Adam. Yeah, and it's it's. Like, like separated to, by a, a like a paperboard wall <laughs> from Kara's office. Yeah, so you, half you literally have to walk into editorial, look them in the eye, and say, "I'm going to go relieve myself." <laughs> yeah. I mean, and we all turn you, our music you, down. Really yeah, well. you do the walk of shame every time you yeah. leave. So of course nobody, or at least I don't use that one. So you have to go to the truck stop bathroom. Yeah, that has like half an inch of water on the ground. So Always. do you guys like keep tabs? Like, do you silently like know who goes the most? I have an Excel spreadsheet. Okay. <laughs> What's weird to me is like when I'm in there talking to you guys and I see people walk in and like, you know, knowingly, knowing that we're sitting there talking, we'll hear everything that goes on, go in and use the bathroom. It just I actually thought nobody would use that bathroom. Yeah, but they do. There's a couple people who prefer it. Yeah, there's some very brash people there. See, one of the biggest transitions for me in being in a new workspace this year has been the bathroom difference and that it relevant at least at the old office it was always it was the single person bathroom mm-hmm. right and now it's the multiple person bathroom mm-hmm. and i can't handle it yeah, yeah. I, you know you hold it for hours yes hours. i'll hold it i'll check three times to make sure that you know that i'm the lone soldier in there <laughs> push a trash can in front of the door <laughs> he comes into work two hours early just so <laughs> and i'm never more of an eight-year-old than i am in there because if i'm not the one I can't, and, and I hear noises. I cannot control myself. <laughs> I'll walk out without washing my hands because I have to get out as soon as I possibly can, so that I can just explode into laughter. Okay, there's anything you want to convey to the podcast listeners who, have, you know, because some people have written in and said, uh, you know, what's going on with Tyler? We want an update, and you know, like we miss him. So, anything you want to say to your fans? Well, thank you. First of all. Um, I'll say I was a little disappointed that there weren't any Tyler is dead rumors. I was really hoping that there would be some big, that, you know, every once in a while I'll Google my own name and just see if something comes up. Um, but no, it's good to see you guys and stay in school uh, <laughs> and drink lots of milk. All right. Thanks. Get over. Lyrics are like liquor for the fallen soldier From the bounce to the house, it's all our culture Every day we hustling, trying to get them customers Law we ain't trusting them, thick bras we busting them Sick and tired of punching it, I look on the bus at them When I see them struggling, I think I'm touching them Listening to Common at the beginning of the podcast, you actually heard uh, Great Northern with the song Home, and then you heard The Fold. All of these songs and more are playing right now over at relevant.tv. Uh, since this is an unusual podcast, we probably won't be able to tell you about each and every song. Just go check out relevant.tv, and you know, the five featured videos this week are, are the ones that you're hearing here on the podcast. So now we want to let you experience a little bit of what we experienced at the call. I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast that what you're about to hear is uh, one of the prayer times. You'll hear Lou Engel kind of speaking here at first, and then just other people um, who throughout the day, like they would have kind of leaders speak and lead prayer times, and then they would have kind of lay people um, lead prayer times as well. And so that's what you're going to hear. And then I will kind of segue that into one of the worship times where you'll hear people singing the song, We Exalt Thee. And then you'll hear Chandler, my dad, Jesse and I in the car after after the call, just kind of talking about the days. And then uh, the guys and I will be back for the final segment, feedback, etc. So here is a little bit of the call. Come, now it's sweet, an awakening into a man. 
America right now. Throw the agenda of the day out the window right now.
we are st- stuck in uh, traffic trying to leave the call, but we think we're trying to be really smart and go around in the bad area to get around it, and um, haven't been successful yet. Well, we we of course are on our way back from from the big event, which went well. But I felt like it, it should have ended about an hour earlier. Like it it, it really had a peak. I don't know. I felt like they had. I, I mean, it you didn't like bother the cool me. down period. Yeah, I felt like you know, let's have a little closure. A cool and, uh, because yeah, it's I almost like, like the crowds have left, and now so it's like it's just the family. Yeah, exactly. Know? Let's yeah. unwind, have a nice long hug goodbye. That's what I felt <laughs> like that last hour was. I can see that <laughs> because I felt like if everyone would have just come marching out of there, like sh- shofars blowing, yeah. like people could have been left wondering, like, well, what you know, what now? What do I do now? Yeah, exactly. Okay. But I feel like they had a little cool. It's like after you do like when you run the mile in elementary school, they always make you walk a lap. Around. Oh yeah, you know, <laughs> You're right. down. So the last sure. hour was walking a lot. <laughs> yeah. I think something very significant happened, and that was that blessing at the end. But you know, there's the power in blessing, and a lot of those people who are there probably never had a father's blessing. That's true. And uh, you know, they were trying to cast a vision, so it wasn't. You know, they were very methodical in how they did it. They had a time of repentance and re- reconciliation, and. You know, they even had a little break there with the weddings, you know. And the fact that they kept the momentum high the whole day with kind of an anointing, I thought was pretty remarkable. Mm-hmm. Look at that. Shoney's has a whole strawberry pie for six ninety nine. Hey, that's a good deal. That is a good deal. Whole strawberry pie. We gotta pie. stop Shoney's. You know, we don't even have Shoney's at home. We used to back in the good old days. I'm kind of glad that we don't, though. <laughs> I mean, do you really yes, miss Shoney's? Yeah, it's a cut-up from Denny's. Like do you ever go to Denny's? Which is a cut-up. Well, it depends if I'm somewhere at 2 in the morning. And it's Denny's or a truck stop. I mean, yeah. Denny's wins hands down. Well, Shoney's is great because it's, if you're, it's 2 in the morning, you feel like a salad bar. Yeah. <laughs> with, with wilted iceberg lettuce. Yeah, exactly. And a salad bar that, of course, has pudding at the end. Because yeah. nothing goes with your salad like chocolate, chocolate pudding. It's yeah. true. Well, the Pizza Hut salad bar has pudding on the end. Does it really? It only has about four items on the Pizza Hut salad bar, but there is pudding. And every one of those items seconds as a pizza topping. It's probably Look, the look last at that one. sign for that vice mayor. Why would anybody run for vice mayor, number one? Number two, I read in the paper that one of the people running for vice mayor has three DUIs and was hoping hey, look, that... look, a call billboard. Yeah, it's cool. Good for them. Sorry. And, they, and the candidate was saying that it was a lady and said she hoped that people would overlook that and just vote on the issues. <laughs> overlook my character. Yeah. yeah. And three. Just, just trust that I'm going to be a good leader and won't get any more DUIs. I mean, it's bad enough to ever get one DUI. <laughs> yeah, it know. seems like they would have like a three strikes you're out rule with DUIs. With, with political involvement. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sorry, three DUIs, you can't run for county commission. Or well, city council. I've heard city that like if, um, Congress people on the way to Congress, they don't, they're not able to get tickets or something like that. They can speed and Maybe there's a thing with like vice no, there's a certain you can, you immunity can get pulled over for DUIs and not really get one. No, it's get, more it's more like um, you know what there is stuff they can get away with, but that's because in the old days they'd have political enemies and they would actually go out and try to arrest their political enemies doing some infraction or something and keep them from voting. Or well, something maybe that's like why that. this lady's actually running for vice mayor, so she can't get any more DUIs. Maybe that's so. what I'm yeah. saying. You know, she's like, maybe, listen, maybe I need a free like, pass here. That's right. Now I need, I need to well, do something like that. Yeah, legislative immunity of some I, kind. I need to run for vice mayor or else but, I'm going to lose my license. But there are people who abuse it, but then usually there's such an outcry even from the other congressmen and stuff that it's self-regulating. But don't, don't like international diplomats get... Immunity in the uh, UN. UN, It's created a real problem with double parking and, you know, just all kinds of stuff. The drug dealing, the murders. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that the vice mayor was a position. I I figured that the mayor would appoint the vice mayor. Because what if you have a mayor and a vice mayor from two different parties? Actually, 
to have a mayor just in charge of vice. I mean, usually they're a little bit more under the radar. You didn't get it. I got it. It just, it just fell flat. Yeah, it's most of my jokes do at this hour. <laughs> See, they should be funnier at this hour. Yeah, isn't You're a little looser. You get a little loopy. Yeah. And you're tired. That uh, chemicals released in your brain. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. That's why. That's make why. You funnier. No, like things are always funnier when you're tired because the same chemical that's released when you smoke marijuana is released in your a smaller amount. But I mean, like, if you notice, like when you're really tired, things are. How hilarious. do you know about that? I <laughs> he was I've reading about, about marijuana, and he came across the thing about sleeping. Yeah, yeah no, no it was actually in uh, that traffic drug school that you take when you uh, when you do you get your uh, permit. So you're saying people should listen to our podcast well after midnight? Exactly. Man, that bus just got really close. Holy moly! I just saw it come flying in and slam on the brake. Wow, he's close. I could touch him. I literally could touch that bus. Get out of his way. Yeah. Chandler, that's another shirt. Touch that bus. <laughs> and have no context. Don't even have a picture of him. No. Just have touch a, that bus. Have a picture of Jerome Bettis on there. <laughs> I think I may have been delusional with fatigue, um, but <laughs> oh, it was it was it, burning up. Well, this is after twelve, oh, more than twelve hour day. Twelve hour day in the July heat of Nashville, Tennessee, an outdoor event. We uh, we luckily had um, access to air, some air conditioning, but mo- most everybody was just outside all day long, and so the guys would go out and capture some audio and and, and video and uh, just come back absolutely drenched. But it was a good event. It was a good event. I'm glad yeah, we amazing. went. I'm really glad we went. So uh, read last week's 850 and, you know, be looking for the video stuff that we'll maybe do it on the video slice of the day and we'll, we'll make sure you know about that. But uh, check that out. So your feedback from last week, we'll post, we're trying to make this one brief. Uh, we'll post it over the feedback page, the new podcast blog. So check that out along with the other blogs. The new site is uh, humming along. I wrote, I wrote a couple mailbags now. I'm excited about that. I've gotten one comment, I think. <laughs> That's 100% more comments than my blog has gotten. And, and uh, it's about 2% of what Jason Boyes has gotten. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. And Stephen Christian. Yeah. And, Jason's getting quite the following. Yeah, he is. And, and Stephen, too. They, they're both different tones, but it's interesting to see the direction. Stephen's annoying me because he, his subject lines, he doesn't capitalize anything. Like he's an, an artist. artist, man. So rock star. Um, okay, and then, you know, we do want to hear from you. Next week will probably be a little bit more of a normal format for the podcast. So we need some feedback from you. So what we want to do is ask you an editorial question of the week now. Editorial question of the week. What exhibit would you like to see at a Bible-based museum? Is I it tried, own, uh, I tried to say that Bible with museum? the, the yeah. smooth, like, silky voice of Kara Davis. Yeah. But it's a little lower than normal. Yeah, yeah I could I modulate I it, it higher. Uh, I would prefer that you didn't, just oh. for my own psychological well-being. Yeah, right. I, I, yeah, I think it's assuming that there is museums. There's multiple museums because that way we open it up to lots of different. No, are the, the proprietor of the museum is just a museum they attend. They hope to yeah. see this exhibit. It's a really yeah. cool okay. museum, but what exhibit would they like to see and, specifically? And, and these could be very, you know, very earnest. You know, like I would really like to see. Uh, a mock-up of the the siege of Jerusalem, you know. Uh, it could be obscure. Or they could be very outlandish, you know. Like, I would like a water slide based upon the Exodus. Yeah, or you know. a Song of Solomon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the <coconuts>. musical, yeah. <laughs> no, or, you know, it could be obscure. Uh, Joe Ash, the mighty man of valor, killing yeah, a bunch of people. Killing with a, people with a, a donkey goat, bone. Yeah, with yeah. a bone. Interesting. Pretty cool. So now it's turning into a Bible theme park. 
Well, well, it can theme be park or museum. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, that, I think we'll accept a Bible either. experience. Yeah, a Bible some experience. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Theme park or museum. So write in and tell us what rides and or exhibits you would like to see at a theme park or Bible experience. All right. Write to editorial at relevantmagazine.com or feedback at relevantmagazine.com. All right. Well, that'll do it for this week's edition of the podcast. Week one without care. One down, seven to go. <laughs> All right. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Adam Smith. I'm Jesse Carey. See you next week. Anytime, anywhere. I'm gonna be honest, guys. I made a, I, I made a big mistake. <laughs> <laughs>